shares the stories behind the journeys of leaders, influencers, and motivators. The Empower Hour with Jerisha begins now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Empower Hour with Jerisha. I am your host, Jerisha Moore. A little, about, a little bit about myself, I am a best-selling author with over 18 years of combined experience in education, finance, healthcare, business management, and development, owner and founder of Empower on Purpose, LLC, where we provide leadership training and personal professional coaching and consulting services, certified coach, speaker, and trainer with the John Maxwell team, and owner of Envision Broadcasting Radio Station. Tonight, I have a special announcement about an upcoming event happening this Sunday, August 11th at 2 p.m. It's a planner meetup sponsored by Empower on Purpose. This is a great opportunity for planner babes who want to learn how to use a planner or those who love crafts and being creative to come out and just have some fun. So grab your happy planners, your Erin Condren planners, and any other kind of planners that you may have, and let's come together to share ideas, lay out stickers, and have some fun. And all ages are welcome. Kids, teenagers, and adults. This Sunday, August 11th at 2 p.m. at Dayton Metro Library, details can be found on the Meetup app under the Dayton Planner Meetup page. Hope to see you guys there. So today's empowerment quote is surround yourself with people who empower you to become better. Author unknown. This quote truly speaks volumes to me in my own journey. What I have learned over the years is how important it is for us to surround ourselves with positive people who will support and empower you to level up. Although it may, it may be tough, often when we have to check and reevaluate our lives and the people who we surround ourselves with, you want to surround yourself with people who will encourage you, motivate you, inspire, and empower you. Empowering people are individuals who give you new ideas and energy. These people are good to have in your life, absolutely. Maybe you're thinking, I would like to surround myself with people who empower me. Well, if you take a minute, you will probably realize that you have many different options for finding people who will empower you. We all have attended professional conferences, seminars, and workshops before. There may be an opportunity to connect and network with someone there, or perhaps maybe there is someone at your job or in your professional community or group that contributes to your thoughts and goals. And if you, have, if you have those connections already, make sure you stay connected on a regular basis to gain that valuable input. And how do you truly know that you're connected to someone who will empower you to become better? Well, empowering people make themselves available and look forward to connecting with you. And they always bring positive energy into conversations. Empowering people listen closely and value your thoughts and ideas. And empowering people recognize your time and input is valuable. One of my favorite quotes is empowered women empower women. Or you could say empowered people empower people. So without further delay, today my guest is Cynthia McGee. Cynthia McGee is the founder and CEO of NextGen Tax Services and M&M Consulting Partners. Cynthia McGee is a certified public accountant with over 17 years of experience and a master's degree in accounting. Her successful career as a CPA has led her to be a live television expert for the NBC, Fox, and ABC local news affiliates. 
She is well-versed at dissecting complicated financial topics in terms that are easy to understand. McGee's experience began with Ernest & Young, LLP, a big four accounting firm, which laid the foundation for her professionalism and work ethic throughout her career. Her experience includes a vast array of accounting, auditing, and consulting services such as external audit, auditing of Fortune 500 companies, internal audit, or stock compliance work for oil and gas companies, forensic accounting, and analytical services for closely held organizations, and financial projections and planning for startup companies. Beyond her professional life, Cynthia is happily married to Dr. Jonathan McGee. They have two active children who keep them both young at heart. She enjoys spending time with family and friends and coaching her kids' sports. She also is a mentor and volunteer in the Tulsa community and is generous to a variety of community organizations, including junior achievement, that is, and other faith-based programs. She is well-respected in the business community and highly esteemed among her peers. Welcome, Cynthia. I'm so happy to have you on the show this evening. How are you? Absolutely. So I just shared, you know, some of your background. I would love it if you could give a little bit more detail, you know, about your background and journey and how you started doing some of the amazing things that you're doing today. Sure. So I started my career at the young age of 22 with a freshly printed master's degree and CPA license ready to kind of take on the world. And I thought um, and volunteering the Tulsa community. Was oyster. I had all of the credentials I needed and realized very quickly I actually didn't know much at all. That is in other um, and so programs. I was really thankful to she work well with some great people and have a, um, among her a really good foundation laid for me Welcome in working with Christy Young, so um, one of the largest CPA firms in the world. And in working with them, I, of course, worked really, really hard and I learned a whole lot. But I realized Absolutely. that, so I unfortunately, you know, many of the people that I was working for paid less in taxes than I did, um, even though I was one of the lowest on the totem pole at the time. And I just was baffled sure. that so that was even I possible. Like, how is it that I work for multimillionaires and they are paying less in tax than I am? And so I wanted to learn how that was possible. So I did. And used the knowledge that I gained in working with multimillionaires to try to bring that same tax savvy and strategy and financial analysis to small businesses that have dreams of being big businesses. And so um, that's what inspired me to learn all I could, like if they working for others, and then to launch my own firm. So I've been in private practice now for a combined total of 11 years. And I do just that. I take the same things that I learned and that I've continued to learn um, just from continuing professional education that worked for the multimillionaires, and I provide that expertise and knowledge to people that are in startups who are in what we call emerging growth companies where they've experienced some level of success but really want to go to the next level. And I've seen what it takes to do that from an accounting and a tax perspective, and so I get to share that knowledge and truly watch many of my clients grow from small mom and pop to truly an empire that can compete with some of the biggest organizations in the country. So that's what got me here, just learning from the people in the 1% and bringing that same knowledge and applying it to everyone else in the 99. 
Absolutely. That's truly amazing. And so I think it's absolutely phenomenal that your successful career as a CPA has led you to be a live television expert for, you know, NBC, Fox, and ABC local news affiliates. Tell us a little bit more as far as how you landed in, you know, as an expert on, on some of those affiliates. So I, um, which you'll, you and your listeners will learn easily, um, I don't sound like your typical accountant. I um, <laughs> realize that accounting and tax terms can be complicated and we can make it sound a whole lot harder than it definitely is challenging, but explaining it doesn't have to be. And so I've earned the reputation of being able to just explain some complicated concepts and topics in ways that a non-accountant can understand. And that's exactly what kind of our local news stations are looking for, someone that could take something that was somewhat difficult to understand and break it down in a way that even someone with no background in the industry could understand. And so it was a privilege for me to be able to serve um, as a live television expert with the local news affiliates and get kind of watchers or uh, viewers questions and kind of break it down for them. And oftentimes the people that called in and, and asked questions uh, would get that, you know, simplified answer explained to them in mm -hmm. a live news segment. And then they would convert to ex-customers at the practice because they valued someone who could just talk to them in a way that was understandable. So it was it was a privilege to do it, and I'm I'm thankful that I get to connect with people that way. Absolutely, I think that's you know completely amazing, you know because people you know when you think about it, we don't know what we don't what we don't know, and you know often you know in the entrepreneurial world you know you want to start a business but there's a lot of things, even from the financial standpoint, that you don't you don't know. And so, you know, having someone to be able to explain, you know, a little bit more as far as how, you know, certain things work and some of the terms and the terminology that, you know, we often is like, okay, well, I've heard this, but what is what exactly does this mean and how can I how does it apply to my business? You know, it's really right. helpful to have someone, you know, such as yourself to really, you know, be able to come on and, and explain those terms and those complicated topics a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I have learned that in many cases, people are somewhat, I guess, shy or maybe in some respects afraid to ask some of the questions because they don't feel that they're going to get an answer that they can understand. And they don't want to be put in a situation where they don't feel intelligent. Um, and unfortunately, people in our profession, um, do that kind of often. They, they make things sound exceptionally court, um, complicated and make people feel like they're not very bright if they don't understand it. And I just think that's not the right approach. And so mm -hmm. I want people, if it's my client or just someone that, you know, has a question, to feel comfortable if they can come to me, ask that question, and I'm going to give them an answer that they can understand. And hopefully that inspires more people to ask the questions, to be able to learn about the things that they don't know. Um, and that's help, definitely going to help them propel um, to greater success in their business. Absolutely. So do you feel like, you know, as a CPA that you, you know, with accounting, do you feel like you're living truly in your life purpose in the professional world? I do, for sure. I um I chose to be an accountant way back in the eighth grade, which sounds crazy. Um, ironically, um, 
people thought that was like the career path for me, even when I was that young, because I was always very mm-hmm. meticulous about numbers and keeping up with my whole penny, um, and no one went and went. And so um, it's something that like was placed kind of, I feel like, in my life to do as my life's work really early in my life. And so all of my internships, even through high school and college, were in that field because that's just really what I was drawn to. And I found that because it's something that I'm passionate about that I feel like is my calling, um, it's, I find joy in it. And it's strange to hear someone say that accounting and taxes something they find joy mm-hmm. in because that's usually the last thing people want to do. Um, but for me, it's the first thing. You know, tax season is my favorite time of year. It's hard. We work a lot, and we work really, really hard. But I love what I do. Um, I posted a quote on my social media page not too long ago, and it says, working hard for something that you truly love is called passion, and working mm-hmm. hard for something that you don't love is called But it's what I feel like I was called to do, and so I love it. I don't, I don't feel like it's a stressful situation, even though the the challenges are great, and sometimes the needs of our clients are um, challenging to meet. It's just something that I love to do, and that I'm passionate about, and so I don't, I don't find it stressful. I find it, I find joy in it, and it's a blessing. I, I hope that everyone lives and works in a capacity that brings them joy and that mm-hmm. they're passionate about. And I'm just blessed that I get to do that every day. Absolutely. I think it's so amazing how you, you know, you said that you're in the eighth grade when you realized that this was a passion of yours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that is just absolutely amazing. You know, we, most of us think back to eighth grade and, you know, even thinking as far as, you know, my kids and how, you know, just most kids are at that age are like, oh, I don't like math. I don't want to see math. I don't want to think about Mm -hmm. anything math-related. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, let's kind of change gears a little bit and um, talk about a little bit as far as family and on a personal note. So you have a husband and two children, and, you know, as an accountant, you know numbers, of course, and you know numbers must balance, but how do you balance home and work life? Oh, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> to be completely honest, I struggle with it, um, and I'm just being transparent because um, I'm self-employed, and so is my husband. And so, when you're self-employed, you wear a lot of hats, and that means you typically work a lot of hours. Um, but we have an eight-year-old and an eleven-year-old who are growing up really, really quickly. And it's just a big priority in our lives that we don't miss them growing up. Um, my company and my business and the work that I do um, will be there forever, but my kids will not be young forever. And mm-hmm. so um, we have one of our culture statements in my practice is that we balance the right priorities at the right time. And so for us, that means there are times when my family has to be my top priority. And so something mm-hmm. has to be pushed because there is a theater arts performance that I'm going to be at, and there is a Valentine's Day party that I'm going to attend. Um, but at the same Fortunately, I do miss some things that I would prefer not to miss, but the demands of my um, firm do require me to miss some things. So 
Um, I certainly don't feel like I've mastered that balancing act, and I would love to talk to someone who has that could tell me the tricks. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it's just something that, you know, there's times when the scale tips more toward family, and it should, and there's times when it tips more toward work, and quite frankly, it should as well. So I treat it more as a um, over a period of time have I made sure that the, tail, the, the scale tips in both directions. And if I can say yes to that, that I feel like I've, you know, I've done my part. Um, thankfully, my kids are amazing, and they get it. Um, and so they they log some time at the office, and they help, and mm-hmm. they do what they can to to do their little part, even though they're young. Yes. And so we don't have the concern with you know kids feeling like they're not getting enough attention because they do. They get plenty. But, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't feel like I have fully mastered that concept, but it's just something I work on on a daily basis, making sure Mm -hmm. everybody's needs get met and that I'm doing my very best. Absolutely. And I have to, you know, to piggyback on what you said, you know, I would love to know if there's someone out there that has mastered that work, you know, and work-life balance, because... When you have children and you're pulled so many different ways and you, you know, have your business, it's, it's, it's a struggle, as you mentioned. It's very, it's very tough. And, you know, when there's different things that come up and you can be there, sometimes you can't, it's definitely a struggle. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, we, we really wish we could master it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we can only do what we can do. <laughs> and right. so, um, you know, it's just really, you know, one of those things and, um but I, I will tell you that, you know, I really like the fact that, that how you've, you know, kind of, you know, managed to, to, you know, really try to get that balance in your life with, you know, looking at the priorities and, you know, at the, at the right time and all that. I think that's so important. So let's, yeah. you know, kind of switch back a little bit to um, the professional world. What do you feel like has been the best professional move that you've made to date? Um, well, ironically, I feel like I just made it in 2019, and that was hiring a business coach. Um, mm. So I have been in practice for a combined um, 11 years, and I've been fortunate and blessed to experience some success um, and continued growth over that time period. And I felt like professionally I had kind of plateaued, and even with all of the experience and the education that I have and the the different entrepreneurs that I've had the privilege to work with and work for, um, I didn't quite know what to do next. You know, I think every um, business owner desires to have continued growth, and I just didn't quite know what to do next. And I remember being, this was earlier in, in, in 2018, I was discouraged, and I thought there's got to be something more I can be doing. Like, I really don't know what my next step should be, but I know there should be one. Um, and, and part of what created that space was um, each time I leveled up, unfortunately, it also translated to more hours required of me. And I thought, There's, mm. this is not the best way to grow a practice. I can't continue to add more hours to my week. Even though it produces more dollars, that's just not sustainable. So I hired a business coach. And, um, you know, learned some things that I had never even considered, learned some approaches to um, modify how I do business and modify the practice. And it's been like a night and day difference. And I um, 
really found myself feeling kind of hypocritical in that moment because I felt like I should know what I should be doing and I didn't need mm-hmm. someone who hadn't, you know, worked with this baby, my mm-hmm. company's my baby, who hadn't, you know, yes. worked with this baby and I've done all this. Like, you can't tell me what to do. Of course, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> right. But mm-hmm. I found that very hypocritical because, in fact, that's what I ask my clients to do every day. They have mm-hmm. their company and I'm here to help teach them from a financial and accounting and a tax perspective how to level up. And they have to trust me with their baby and trust mm-hmm. that the advice that I give is going to help them propel to the next level. But I was hesitant to do that myself. And I thought, gosh, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I literally took a leap of faith and hired a business coach, and it's made a world of difference. And I can say I think that's my best move to date. I feel like there's even better moves coming. <laughs> so Absolutely. I'm excited about what the future holds. But so far, that's been, I feel like, my best professional move and the the changes that I've been able to, to experience as far as growth in my practice have been phenomenal. Absolutely. So what would you say has been the most challenging aspect of your business Oh, gosh, that list is kind of long. So most challenging, quite frankly, um, we touched on it briefly earlier. So it is finding the right balance Um, Mm. because, again, as I mentioned before, my kids will not be kids forever. I mean, they'll always be my babies, but they're not going to want to hear a bedtime story and snuggle with mom forever. Um, And so trying to maintain that balance and get those skills to tip in both directions, like I mentioned, has certainly been, I feel like, one of my biggest challenges just in life um, and making sure that I keep keep everyone happy in that respect. From a professional perspective, though, I think probably the biggest challenge has been, um, there's this book that I, it's an old book, quite frankly, but I still it still has a lot of value, but it's a book it's called Good to Great. And one of the concepts in the book is saying you need to make sure that you get the right people on the bus. And with the right people Mm. on the bus, the direction will be determined based on those people. And I think oftentimes in business we think, well, here's the services I want to offer, so let me find a tax accountant that can perform this service. Let me find a financial analyst that can perform this service. And so we, we start with the service and then find the people to fill it. But the model for this book is start with the right people and then determine what they're skilled at, and based on that, that's the services that you offer. So I had a shift in mindset just about two years ago um, based on my study of that book, and um, I felt like one of my challenges was really finding the right people. Um, Mm. When you're self-employed, you wear a lot of hats, and HR is one of them, and it's sometimes challenging to just make sure you have the right people doing the right things. Um, and the wrong people can be a reputation ruiner, can be a client relationship mm-hmm. ruiner. So just making sure you have assembled the right people. So I am very blessed now that because of that shift about two years ago, I've assembled an amazing team Um we are a small firm, but we have, and we happen to be a firm of all women at this time. So I get to go to work every day with a group of really dope women, and I'm just like <laughs> ecstatic that that's what we've been able to do over the past few years. And 
Um, so I'm, I'm thankful that I had that talent because it taught me some valuable mm-hmm. lessons, but it's also allowed me to get to where I am today, where I have just a great team and people that I enjoy getting to work with every day. Absolutely. That's absolutely amazing. And so what would you say is or what would a day in the life of, you know, your business truly look like? You know, that's a great question because I I say all the time, when if you were to look at my social media pages and probably look at most entrepreneur social media pages, you would think my day is a piece of cake. <laughs> you might see <laughs> pictures from lunch with, you know, someone influential or mm. dinner or a networking meeting with, you know, people that are other entrepreneurs and we're, you know, having drinks for a happy hour or something like it. It looks like it's a glamorous and fun and pretty easy breezy life. But the fact is it is really, really hard work. And it is mm. not for the faint of heart. So a day in my life typically starts about six AM. Um, for me to have really any time to kind of spend time studying in my Bible and um just have some quiet time. It has to be kind of for the rest of the household wakes up. So I'm up pretty early in the morning, um, just for that actually just started on a running a run train program so um do some exercise and some running as well early in the morning and then i start shift 1 i call it where i'm getting kids ready um fortunately we've been in the summer so it's been a lot more relaxed so kids are just going to keep it starts with getting kids together and um my kids are as bold as they can be and they do not do packaged breakfast they want me to cook it every morning, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, you know what? That I can do that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things they ask that I can't do. I can do that. I can cook breakfast. So <laughs> I cook breakfast for um, my kiddos almost every morning and um, get their day started and get ready for wherever they're going uh, for the day. My office hours don't actually begin until 9 a.m., and so that usually gives me enough time to get kids to camp or to school. Um, my husband and I kind of alternate with that. So my day, um, official work day, typically kicks off about 8.30, and I take my first appointment at 9. Uh, depending upon the time of the year, my first appointment may be at 9, and my last appointment may be at 8, um, taking a 12-hour day. Um, and we are fortunate in that our model for my firm allows clients to communicate with us digitally so they upload documents mm-hmm. to us without having to come face-to-face but some clients do need face-to-face meetings and we're breaking down some things for them so most days are 12-hour days um, and I come home and we eat dinner a little late with uh, our kids in the summer I try to get home early in the in the school year but in the summer we usually eat dinner uh, pretty late and then it's off to bed So it is rare for me to have a day that's less than a 12-hour day at this point in my career. Mm -hmm. So what happens between that 8.30 to 8.30 um, stretch in my office is I feel like more than any one person should be able to accomplish in a day, we get a lot done. Um, Mm -hmm. I tell my team we are on from the minute we hit that door until the minute we walk out of it. There's not... Unfortunately, a lot of time for um, long lunches and um, extra conversation. We just get after it and try to get it all done. Um, 
so that's what a typical day looks like for me. On the flip side, though, the the reward for working that hard is that I play hard as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we take breaks. We we work hard when we're in the office, but we take breaks as well. So um, on Fridays, my office hours end at one o'clock because by that's that time awesome. we are done. We are we are done. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yes. so we take Friday afternoons off, and I you know make sure I always pick up my kids on Fridays, and um, we try to spend our weekends just doing family stuff and not not work so we can unplug and and detach and then we start over on the following Monday and do it all Mm -hmm. over again. Absolutely. I think it's so important that you mentioned, you know, you work hard, but you play hard as well. (laughs) That's so important as well. So tell us more about the types of clients that you actually work with. So for us, um, and usually kind of the micro, small to emerging growth, um, owner, business owners. So that could be anyone from brand new startup who's just a solopreneur, just getting started, um, to someone who's been in business for you know a few years and is starting to um, turn a profit and experience some levels of success, all the way up to clients that have been around for or been in business for many years and who are experiencing great success and just trying to keep Uncle Sam out of their pocket. Um, but business owners is definitely our jam, and uh, we do some work with higher income wage earners um, that are W-2 employees, but typically mm-hmm. even those have a side hustle that's a business that they're using as a vehicle for tax savings. So um, within the industry, we specialize in professional services, so we are fortunate to work with physicians and attorneys and financial advisors. Um, those who have, you know, are in private practice that have their own clinic or have their own office that they are um, running. So we do a lot with that. We also do a lot in um, the, I guess, food industry as well. So we service um, a lot mm-hmm. of food trucks and restaurants and things like that. So it's food, not just professional service, but food service as well. Um, so those probably make up the biggest chunk of our industry clientele. Um, and then we just have clients kind of across the board in other areas from real estate um, to we actually have a, a few just general retail clients um, as well. We do a lot of work with people that have online or home-based businesses as well, so consulting mm-hmm. practices and that kind of thing. So um, our what we're known most for is working with business owners who feel like the IRS is a profit share partner in their business. Um, oh. I met with a client uh, just, just on Monday of this week who um, was paying about 40% of their profits in taxes, so 60% yeah. was less. They had two other partners that were equal partners, so the three of them split the remaining 60, so they got 20% each. And the gentleman was frustrated, understandably so, because the IRS's percentage was actually bigger than mm-hmm. the actual owner's percentages, the ones who were doing all the work and getting the smaller piece of the pie. So uh, he said, there's got to be a better way. And I'm like, you're right. There's definitely That's a better way. <laughs> there's definitely a better yes. way. So people like that are who the type of clients that we love to work with, where we can 
advise them on tax strategies on how to reduce their tax obligation. So that's that's where we feel like is our sweet spot when we can help clients mm-hmm. reduce how much they're paying to the IRS. Absolutely. And so what is one accounting tip that you would give the business owners who are listening? So you should, if you any of them follow me on social at all, you've probably heard this because I say it like a broken record because it's that important. Um, and it's twofold. One, if you have, be it a side hustle or a business that's home-based or whatever the case may be, that business should be recognized as a legal entity. So no matter what state you live in, you should have an LLC that is the legal entity that that business is performed within. That is really step one for anybody that's a business owner. Make sure your business has a recognized legal entity. And then step two is make sure that that business is taxed efficiently. So with the new tax law that was passed in December of 17, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it really made S corporation tax status the golden child of all entities. Mm. And it's very, very simple to have an LLC and elect to have it taxed as an S corporation. What business owners don't realize is that just forming your LLC, or even if you don't have the LLC, just operating a business, is giving the IRS the license to determine how that business is taxed. Because if you Mm. don't file an election to say how you want your business taxed, the IRS will gladly choose for you. And probably not a surprise, what they'll choose is not the one that gives you tax efficiency. They'll choose the option that makes you tax at the highest level. So Mm. you need a formal formal business, an LLC, that can be done online for all of the the states that may be listening. And second, mm-hmm. you need to elect to have that LLC taxed as an S corporation. That simple change, um, in Oklahoma, it costs about 100 bucks to form an LLC, and the elections mm-hmm. for a tax for to be an S corp is free for any state in the in the U.S. So the state fees vary, but they range between 100 and 200 bucks, and the filing of the S corp status is free. So that single change will cost you about $100, and it's going to save you 15% in tax, just that one change. So wow. if you did nothing else, if you did everything the same other than having an LLC and an S-Corp, you pay 15% less in tax than you did in the last year. So that simple wow. tip can save people quite a bit of money. Absolutely. That's huge. <laughs> that's huge. That's that's good. Yeah, I'm over here taking notes, you know, because, of course, I do have the LLC. But I was like, what? <laughs> I don't think I, I had never heard that about the S uh, corporation or the yeah S corporate. So yeah. that is so. <laughs> yes, that is great information for the listeners. Um, so what would you say um, up to this point has been the hardest part, or what was the hardest part for you of getting started as a business owner? So. I think really for, and I'll tell my story for sure, but I think really for any business owner, sometimes it can be just the lack of confidence in yourself mm. um, because it does really require a leap of faith to start a business. Um, for me personally, that was the biggest challenge in starting um, a business. So a little bit about my background before m M&M and next-gen tax services, I had 
a firm, another CPA firm that I launched kind of fresh out of college. It was really my side hustle that converted to a mm. full-time year-round firm, and it was a challenge. I made a lot of mistakes. I did not have the right people on the bus. <laughs> I did mm-hmm. not have the right pricing structure in place. I mean, I made a lot of just rookie mistakes. And, um, and then ultimately, I kind of found my way. It, it took longer than it should have for that company to be successful. Um, but I kind of found my way making all of the wrong moves initially, but finding my way regardless. And then I started having kids, and I just did not want to continue the 80-hour work weeks. I didn't, I didn't see a way to get the right balance when my kids were infants. And so I sold that practice. And having mm. known all the mistakes that I made, in that first practice, I was really afraid to do it again. I was really afraid. And it wasn't even, I was, you know, certainly a lot wiser and a lot older because I had done that in the past and I knew kind of how to start in a better way. Um, But I really lacked any confidence because I had made so many mistakes in the past and I just didn't know if I could do it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a lot of people's stories. Like you just, there's a service or a product that you can bring to the market and you can be the best at it, but you just don't know. You just don't have the confidence to do it. Um, And so I, you know, rely on my faith heavily and really felt moved to do it. And so I did, but even in moving out of, you know, a little bit of, of fear and moving, I still was hesitant to go all in. And so I posted this on my social media page um, not too long Mm -hmm. ago, but I, I started, I ordered three laptop computers and three extra monitors, and I kept the boxes that those, uh, that the computer and the monitors came in because I thought, well, if this doesn't work, I can at least sell this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I have the box. <laughs> I can at least sell this stuff, and I won't have lost my money, right? Mm-hmm. That's how little mm-hmm. confidence I had. Even though I was making the leap, I had such little confidence. And I was working with a marketing company, and mm-hmm. um, they were determined to put my face on the brand. And I was like, no, I don't want my picture up. Let's not do it. I don't want to do it. Can we not do it? Like, no, people yeah. want to see who they're doing business with. Like, you should put your picture on. Right. Like, no, no. Mm-hmm. But in hindsight, I realized that was fear-based, too, because I didn't want my face on a failed business, right? And so mm-hmm. – my confidence was the biggest impediment to me starting my practice. Well, it's amazing wow. how when you just step out on faith and do what you're called to do, that things really do work out. And this firm, NextGen, achieved greater success in two years than my prior firm did in seven. And it wow. was because I did learn from the mistakes of the past, and I think that's important, of course, but I also was doing what I was led to do and doing it the way I was led to do it, not just relying on my own confidence. Because I think when you're young, you're like, hey, I can do anything. I got this. Um, but doing it afraid, essentially. Like, that was my Absolutely. mantra for that year. Just do it afraid. That's right. So I think to listeners who may be in that same position where you have an idea, you have a product, and you feel like this is what you're supposed to be doing, go ahead and do it afraid. Because don't let your lack of confidence keep you from bringing what you're supposed to bring to the market. You should bring it based on the fact that that's what you feel you're led to do, regardless of any 
lack of confidence or fear that you may have. Just do it afraid. Absolutely. I I, I completely agree with you 100%. Do it afraid or I say, you know, I jump and build the, build my wings on the way down because oftentimes you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, everyone has that fear that's going to stop them from being, doing, and having more. And you just you have to just be willing to just stick it out and say, okay, this may not work, but guess what? I'm going to try it just to see. So absolutely, I think that's awesome. So what would you say has been the biggest accomplishment for you up to this point? That's a great question because it's funny. I feel like so oftentimes we're our own worst critic, and so, you know, it's like we downplay everything. I think, I don't know if that's something that we just do with women or that's just life. I don't know. But right. um, it's like when I think about that, I'm like, my biggest accomplishment, I don't want to brag or I don't know. Like we just downplay everything. And I'm so, yeah. this is my opportunity to step out of that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please do. Let's, let's, yes, let's right. talk about it. Yeah. So, um, I um, believe that really every business owner should set goals because and, and literally write them down or type them up because I think that um, that's necessary. That's what helps kind of inspire you to keep going and to um, push yourself toward toward bigger things. Um, so I had a goal in 2018, this past year, that I wanted to save my clients a million dollars in taxes mm-hmm. through our tax planning strategies. And um, at the time that I set that goal, I didn't even have enough clients that were doing tax planning services to possibly do that. Like the, it was so like far fetched of a goal <laughs> that mm-hmm. I didn't tell anyone because they would say I was crazy. Like, honey, you have two people. <laughs> How are you going to save a million dollars? You know, so it's mm-hmm. not that's not a true number, but that's what it felt like. It felt like a mm-hmm. practically impossible goal. But I'm like, hey, we'll see. Let's see how it goes. Um, in 2018, we saved our clients $2.2 million tax, wow. more than double the goal. Um, and that is what I do that, like, you know, you, you leave work and you go home and you feel good about what you've accomplished. Like, that's yes. the work that really just makes me feel good. You know, I'm like, I'm doing it for my clients, but it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And so... Needless to say, we set bigger goals for 2019, and, and we're on track. We're doing we're doing great for 2019 as well. But I feel like that's my biggest accomplishment today, to blow that goal out of the water and to set an even bigger one for the next year, and I feel like we're going to blow it out of the water too. But that has um, that's been something that I've, I've actually shared with, you know, with people, um, you know, somewhat concerned that I'm like, I don't want to sound braggy. I don't want to sound like, um, you know, I'm beating my own chest, but I'm proud of it. I'm like, I, I yes. think it's a huge accomplishment. And just to set a goal, it wouldn't matter what the number was, quite frankly, but to set a goal and crush it, like that just feels good. So I would consider that my biggest accomplishment to date. Yes, and that is amazing. I definitely think that any opportunity that we get to celebrate, whether it's big or small, we have to. And, you know, I agree with you where you said that often we're like, oh, I don't really want to brag or, you know, but I think it's important to brag. So, I, you know, I've kind of thrown that whole idea out of the window. Like, you know, if it's something that you set a goal-wise, 
and you've accomplished it, I mean, you've accomplished it, you need to be able to celebrate. You need to be able to share so other people know, you know, to celebrate with you. So I think that's amazing. And congratulations on on that huge accomplishment. Thank so today, you. The, oh, you're more, you're more than welcome. Um, today, the empowerment quote was, surround yourself with people who empower you to become better. If you can share what this quote truly means to you. I think it's a fantastic quote because it and it's completely true because it's it's a fact that you become more like the people that you spend time with. And um if you spend your time around negative people, you'll become a negative person. If you spend your time around people who are goal-driven and ambitious, that will inspire you to be more goal-driven and ambitious. And you know, I really feel like um that quote just is a reminder that the people that you spend your time with, that you surround yourself with, will have an impact on you. And so you should surround yourself with people that will empower you to become better. I um, am fortunate to have a really great core group of friends that all happen to be business owners um, as well. And we are honest and transparent with one another. Uh, Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. Uh, we celebrate the big wins and, you know, we, you know, hug one another and have a shoulder to lean on and the big losses because you're going to have both when you're in business. And so I can tell a distinct difference in my mindset and how I perform in business when I've been around my core group that are also business owners who are out here trying to make a difference. And, mm-hmm. um, in contrast, when I spend my time around people that don't necessarily have that same drive and ambition, I can tell a difference there as well. So when you realize how you move is different based on the people that you surround yourself with, it makes it all the more important to make sure your time is spent with people that help you want to level up, that don't see your accomplishments as a threat or as you as um, bragging when you talk about the things that you're doing, um, but who see that as motivation for them and as encouragement, you know, along the way. So, yeah, I think it's highly important to surround yourself with people that will empower you. Absolutely. So what is one piece of advice that you would give our listeners on how they can empower their own growth and success journey? Well, I think quite frankly, a lot of us, have goals and aspirations in our heads, but we don't put that on paper. We don't, or in this day and age, type it into a phone or into a computer. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really feel like if we would take the time and space to kind of be quiet and really document what it is we're trying to accomplish, like what goals we have, how we're trying to achieve better success, um, Documenting it just has a unique effect in helping to keep you inspired and motivated to drive toward that goal. Um, At my church, we did a New Year's Eve service, and we had, um, they pass out these these cards where we got to write down the things we wanted to leave in the prior year and the things that Mm -hmm. we wanted to look to in the year that was coming. Um, and I actually have that card in a frame on my desk. It, it sits on my desk, and I look at it every day. And seeing that written reminder 
um, really motivates me in times when I'm tired or I just don't feel like it. I just, you know, really want to go home and take a nap because yes. things happen. Um, seeing that is a reminder to me, and it helps me to feel empowered to try to, you know, grow and become more successful. So my advice would be to, like, literally write it down or type it up. Mm-hmm. Um, put Make the vision plain, quite frankly, so that, it serves as an additional reminder and motivator to you because there will be times that the things that you desire will seem impossible. There will be times you'll just get tired and you won't fill up to it, Um, and that's normal. We get tired, we just don't quit. And having that written down, I feel like, is a way to make sure you don't lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish, even in the times when you just don't feel like it. Absolutely, absolutely. So please share with the listeners what is coming up on the horizon for you. Yeah, so I have um, broken, I guess, my commitment to keep my weekends free because I am out every weekend this month. (laughs) So I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Our next event that you can come see uh, the members of the Next Gen team is this Saturday. Um, August the 10th, we have a local organization for which I'm a founding member called Black Women Business Owners of America. Saturday the 10th, um, the expo is from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. at the Doubletree Hotel in downtown Tulsa. So Next Gen will be there, and one of my senior accountants is speaking at that event. So you can connect with us there. Um, that following weekend, Saturday the 17th, we partnered with a local organization founded by Luana Michelle, and we are um, giving back to the community via a school uniform drive and giveaway. So we've collected mm-hmm. gently new and gently used uniforms for kids in the public school system. So perhaps you have a second grader from last year who has outgrown their uniform. You can donate those, and then ideally there's someone who has a third grader who from last year that they donated their uniforms, you kind of just exchange your old uniforms for the next size up, so allowing those who um, can um, bring in used uniforms, new or gently used, to just kind of share those with the community, almost like a community hand-me-down program of Mm. sorts. Mm-hmm. So that's happening on Saturday, August 17th, and it's at the North Point um, Shopping Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, near the intersection of Pine and Cincinnati. And then finally this month, on Saturday, August the 24th, we will also be a featured, and I'm sorry, Saturday, August 24th, and Sunday, August 25th, um, we'll be um, presenting and a featured speaker at the Black Economic Expo being held in Tulsa at the Greenwood Cultural Center. Um, I am a featured speaker on that Sunday, the 25th, but our team will be there all day Saturday and Sunday at our booth so people can stop by and say hi and and talk to us. We do a giveaway everywhere we are, so on the 10th and the 24th we'll have a giveaway, so if you come by and see us, you can at least win a cast giveaway. So that's what we have coming up most. Um, quickly, um, and then lastly, our, our other big event we have coming up is on Thursday, September the 12th. We're having an open house. Um, it's a co-open house with myself and my husband, who owns Essential MD, um, a direct primary care clinic here in Tulsa. 
So we're hosting an open house on Thursday, September 12th. So you can learn more about all of these appearances and events if you follow us on our social media outlets. So um, on Instagram, it's NextGenTax, all one word, Next with a T, GenTax. And on Facebook, it's NextGenTax Services. So information about all of these events and where we are can be found there. And, of course, that's the best way to connect with us, too, is just to find us on social media. Yes, and did you, if you could mention your website, I don't know if you, if you mentioned how they can stay connected or support the effort, your efforts on yes. um, your your website as well. For sure, yeah. So our website is nextgentaxcpa.com. So nextgen is N-E-X-T-G-E-N-T-A-X-C-P-A.com. Um, and all of our events, like I say, are featured on our social media pages and on our website. So that's the best way to learn about where we are and when. But if you're in need of services, if anything, you know, I've said kind of resonates with you and you feel like we can help, I would love uh, to be able to work with more business owners and get that 2.2 million even higher in 2019. Mm-hmm. So connecting with us through our website or through social media is a great way if you'd like to become a client of NextGen or M&M Consulting Partners. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It's truly been a pleasure and an honor to have you as a guest on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing story and journey. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, I just want to say that I wish you much success and blessings as you continue on your journey. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for tuning in to tonight's show with our special guest, Cynthia McGee. Cynthia shared her amazing story and journey to encourage, equip, and empower you for growth and success. And she also shared that how important it is to take the time and space to be quiet and document what you're trying to achieve and to keep you inspired and using or working towards Thank you for listening to the Empower Hour with Jerisha, where Jerisha speaks with leaders, influencers, and motivators who share their journeys in personal and professional growth, empowerment tips, lessons learned, and keys of success that will empower you to be your best self. Follow Jerisha on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jerisha Moore and visit EmpowerOnPurpose.com. And remember to be intentional and be empowered and have a great day on purpose.